0: I am excited. I am feeding back. I am excited to share with you this morning the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 You know, have you ever felt like, have you ever felt like you had a dark cloud following you everywhere you went? (laughs) <laughs> it just seemed like everywhere, you know, that's not, let me just say this, that's not the life that God intends for us to live. There there used to be a cartoon called uh, Little Abner. This is going back a few, few, few years. Uh, some of the younger crowd may not remember this, but there was a character called Joe in that. Y'all remember that one? And he, everywhere he went, he had a dark cloud following him, and he was like, he was cursed. Every, everything he did. Uh, This is one of the stories. One of the storylines in the early 70s featured him trapping his cloud, maybe you'll remember this one, in a uh, special anti-pollutant jar. And Joe became romantically involved with a gal for the first time until her crazed ex-boyfriend shows up to kill him. And Joe reluctantly opens the jar and releases his cloud in order to take care of the boyfriend. Wistfully, he realizes that he wasn't meant for any other kind of life. He returns to his normal, loner existence and his cloud again in tow. He is, for the moment, satisfied to be who he really is. And sometimes I think we feel like that. Sometimes as Christians, we get, we get this cloud over our heads. This, we're just everywhere. Well, if this goes wrong and this goes... And, and y'all's Facebook tells the story. I mean, we can just look on Facebook and, put, you know, we just put it up on the screen and we can really see the cloud that follows you. uh I, I joke, the Facebook is the judgment of God, uh, and that's true, I, I believe that, I, I started singing this morning, I, I was reminded of a couple of old choruses, maybe you remember them, he gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, don't leave me hanging, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven, y'all don't know this song, I know this song and you don't know this song, Okay. Wow, what about put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, lift up your voice to praise in the spirit, and yeah, you got it, yeah, put on the garment of praise. You know, what's interesting, a little side note on that song, is we were singing years ago about praising God with our spirit man and our understanding. I wonder what modern churches do with that these days. They, probably, they obviously don't sing that song about pray, praising God in the spirit and praising him with our understanding, but, but we need, I believe, God wants us to take off the garments of this world and begin to put on his garments. He wants us to take off that spirit of despair and heaviness and discouragement. You know, you might be going through this morning a battle. You might be facing a difficult situation in your life, your marriage, your home, your finances, whatever the case is. But if you'll begin to put on the garments of Christ, you'll begin to view that circumstance differently. Your situation may not change, the, and the hardship might, may not change in the immediate. But your response to that all of a sudden begins to change. You begin to sing, I'll put on the garment of praise for the spirit, or or maybe saying we've got resurrection i love that resurrection power flowing on the inside of me. I, I, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of me, and He is quickening my mortal body. I don't have to walk around like Joe with a cloud all over my head and think that life is in despair. I can begin to put on the garments of Christ. And Isaiah sixty-one, we'll start there, and I, you just have to follow me around this morning through the Bible. Is that okay if we go on a journey through Scripture this morning? So Isaiah 61, and if it's not, then that's fine. I'll still do it anyway. Isaiah 61. I love Isaiah 61. This was the passage that Jesus quoted in the temple. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That's good news. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministry of Christ in my life. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. And this is where I want to zero in on to console those. He's directing this to the church to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. The great exchange here. This is the great exchange. He's taking your ashes and giving you beauty, He's giving you the oil of joy for mourning. If you're depressed, get some of that oil on you this morning. The oil is pouring out from heaven this morning. Just let him smear it all over you. Let the, let the oil of heaven just get smeared all over It's hard. People say, why do you laugh at church? Why not? <laughs> I can't help. When they're singing, I was getting, I know this sounds so silly. I was singing on the way to church. You all are going to think I've lost my mind with this. But... I'm on my life is on display here I was on the way I was singing on the way to church this morning. put on the garment of praise and I I love the old I love the new I love I love all of it put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and I it's misting outside and I got my windshield wipers and I and I hit it you know so it goes once well, it didn't just go once, it just kept going. I thought, my windshield wipers are praising the Lord with me this morning. Put on the garment of praise for the Spirit. That's what they were doing. They were waving their hands. With I'm like, what is wrong with my windshield wipers? And that's, you know, people say, well, why, are you? Well, why not? There's, there's enough gloom and despair out there. Why not? why not think your windshield wipers are worshiping with you? Okay, I'll read the scripture. <laughs> Y'all really think I've lost my mind. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I want to take a look this morning at the scripture and find some examples in scripture of this great exchange. First off, the, the beauty for ashes, that, that literal translation there is that he takes off our ashes. He removes our ashes and gives us a victor's crown. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God has removed my despair, my shame, my guilt, my frustration and has placed on me a crown of beauty, a crown uh, of victory. So no matter what you're going through this morning, I want to say to you that God has a crown of victory for your life. That If you begin to walk as Christ did, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And He's going to place on you placed on your life this crown of victory you can't achieve the victory all by yourself you know how many times do we try to to get victory on our own well if I just do a b c I'll be victorious and you do a b c and you're just as depressed as you were when you started it's the victory crown of Christ placed on your head in John chapter 11 we find the story of Lazarus Oh, he got a victor's crown. <laughs> in John chapter 11, and verse 40, it says this. Jesus said to her, Jesus talking to Mary Martha here, he says, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, say believe. believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Now everybody say have faith. Have That's faith. what that word means. It means have faith. Faith. Jesus said that it, did I not say to you that if you had faith, you should see the glory of God? That's what faith is. Uh, faith is our spiritual perception. It's our ability to perceive. It's our five senses, if you will, of the unseen world around us. There is a world. There is a heavenly world that's more real than the. How many times have you heard me say that there is a there is a heavenly world? There's a heavenly world more real than the air that you and I are breathing around us right now. And if you and I will begin to engage by faith, if we'll begin to see, God said, Did I not say, if you had faith, you should? See, you'll see the glory of God. What, what does faith do? Faith causes us to see the glory of God when all hope is lost. When you feel like everything's dead, your family's dead, your, your friends are dead, your hopes are dead, your, your, your situation's dead, God says, no, that's not, if you'll begin to have faith, say, have faith, if you'll begin to have faith in God, you will see his glory. And then he took away the stone, faith This progression of faith here that uh, as God gives you this supernatural faith, you begin to see or hear or perceive things differently and it requires action. It requires that you act. When you begin to perceive and see the realities of heaven, you can't help but respond. When you see the glory of God, you can't help but worship. Isaiah said uh, in the year that King Uzziah died in Isaiah 6 he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his response was, Woe is me! He began to respond in, in a worshipful attitude and praise and adoration of God because he saw. The glory of God in his situation. Stop looking at your situation and see the glory of God this morning. Stop looking at the hopeless situation or what people said or they did that or they said this. No, God, I want to see by faith the glory of God. And when you do, it requires action. It will change. It will change how you act. It will change your activity. They had to move away the stone. Surely he stinketh. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that when they began to roll away that stone, they were expecting to smell the great fragrance of death. If you've ever smelled anything that was dead, you know, that it has a very distinct odor. And, and I'm sure as they began to roll away that stone, they began to expect this stench of death. But that's not what they smelled. There was something different when they rolled away that stone. There was, something, there was something different in that moment. And when you begin to act by faith, isn't it just like God that he'll, he'll begin to respond as we begin to step in faith and act out in faith? God responds. And in that moment when we expect to receive discouraging news or in that moment when we expect to, to get the, the report that is depressing or distracting, God says no. No. No, I don't want you smelling the stench of death here. You're not going to even come close to the smell of death. And this is what Jesus begins to do. He lifts up his eyes and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. That loud voice, uh, the Greek there, is that he cried out with authority, with emotion. There was an urgency, authority in his voice. It It wasn't just a cry of wail or sadness. But Lazarus came from in his innermost being. When you begin to see... By faith, the glory of God. And you begin to respond in that moment to act as your faith causes you to respond. Jesus begins to speak out. And you can begin, just as Jesus said, you begin to speak with authority over your situation. You begin to speak the word of God over your situation. What is God speaking about your family? What is God saying about your life? What is God saying about that circumstance? Lazarus! You begin to speak with a, come forth. You begin to speak with authority. It's no longer depressed. Oh, Lazarus, I wish you would come out of that tomb. <laughs> I can't believe that the Father's put me here in this situation again. Dealing with death, Lazarus. Okay, come on, man. Can you come out of the tomb? You know, just work with me here, buddy. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't Jesus' response. Lazarus, come forth. Begin to speak. I will speak life and not death. I will begin to speak the promise of God over my family, over my situation. I will not... Now, let's break this down practically. If your wife irritates you, stop talking bad about her and just begin to praise her, just to begin to encourage her. Come on. It got quiet in here. Y'all need to come to the Valentine's banquet. <laughs> if you're, if your kids, I'll get there. If your kids are bothering you, stop tearing them down. Begin to bless them and encourage them, build them up. I'm not saying ignore the problem. I'm saying see what God sees and begin That's to speak right, that. Right. Come on. If if you're speaking death and discouragement would have changed the situation, it would have been done did. That's New Orleans for you. it been done did. It would have been all the it all been over with. So why not begin to speak life into that situation? That co-worker that drives you absolutely up the wall. Just begin to speak life. You know what? I understand that you know, this situation is challenging. Let me help you. And you begin to encourage them and build them up instead okay. of tear them down. I, I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody this morning. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. That we've got to begin to speak. Lazarus, come forth. Speak with authority the word of God for your situation. And when he did that, and he who had died, he who had died came out. <laughs> when you begin to walk in faith, you begin to see the situation as God sees, you begin to speak by faith, eventually that dead thing's coming to life. You can't you cannot you cannot speak the word and promise of God over your life and begin to say the same thing that Jesus, if you're saying the same thing that Jesus is saying over your life, I guarantee you that dead thing's coming out of your tomb. Now, if you start prophesying over yourself, well, I want a Rolls-Royce and I'm going to have the next finest time, that's not... there's a lot of that out there, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about speaking the word of God over your life. When you begin to declare the promises of God, what Jesus is saying over your life, dead things start coming out of the tomb. You begin to find out that, as Jesus said, this was meant to glorify me, glorify the Father. And then out comes Lazarus. (laughs) You know, what a sight that must have been all bound up in grave clothes. (laughs) I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? If someone in church walks in, I mean, we, we get really religious sometimes and get these really religious ideas of Scripture. What, you know, some grandiose moment and there's light shining all around and angels are singing. No, the dead man who's wrapped in grave clothes comes walking out, hopping out of the tomb a little messy. It's 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 not what we think of church. This, Jesus, can you clean it up a little bit? And Jesus says to them, Un, unloose him. Loose him. Let him go. Get the, get the grave clothes off of him. Jesus is still saying, get the grave clothes. You may feel this morning like you're still got grave clothes hanging on. You're out of the tomb. If you're born again, you might be out of the tomb this morning, but you still got Some of that grave clothes still hanging on your foot or your arm. Just let Jesus come in this morning and begin to remove those grave clothes off of your life. But I, I find it interesting. He comes out and his face is covered. It points out and notes that his face is covered with this grave cloth. You might be carrying around this morning the shame of death and discouragement. Jesus wants to take off the grave clothes off of your face and begin to give you beauty for your ashes. He wants to take off the adornments of death and begin to put on the crown of victory over your life. Jesus said, if you believe in me, I'm the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, if you believe in me, even though you're dead, even though the situation of your life is dead, you will live you will live. Allow God this morning to take off the ashes and give you beauty, give you a victor's crown. In Mark, in Mark chapter 10, we find another story. God wants to give you beauty for ashes. He wants to give you the oil of joy for mourning. You can slap your neighbor and say, it's okay to laugh in church. <laughs> it's okay to be happy in church. He wants to give you the oil of joy this morning. Some of you have heard my story before, but I remember I grew up in a very conservative Assembly of God church. We spoke in tongues and we had messages in tongues, but that was about it. If someone fell on the floor is because there was an evangelist in town who flowed in some sort of greater anointing. And, uh, you know, that was about the only time we saw those things happen. Uh, There was very limited uh, use of the spiritual gifts beyond messages in tongues, and those became rarity. And if there was anything that were to happen in the preaching, heaven forbid, you know, you would be escorted out very quickly if there was any distraction during the preaching. And uh, so I I moved to New Orleans. That was my background. I moved to New Orleans and ended up at Victory Fellowship. You all know, some of you know this story. And the first couple of uh, months of being there, God totally rocked my world. And uh, I had seen, I was always the oddball anyway, because I was the one that was praying for people and they were falling and things were happening. So I always felt like the oddball anyway as the minister that was preaching, because we had supernatural things happening. And I always said that I never asked for that, I just know how to walk in that, I know how to step into that. That's the anointing, that's the mantle on my life. It always has been since the age of 14, that's what God's called me to do. And so walking into victory, I'm sitting on the pew while pastor is preaching, and as he's preaching, this supernatural joy. I, I knew the Holy Spirit, I knew the touch of the Holy Spirit. I knew the anointing stirring in, in my belly in my inner man, and I'm sitting there, and as he's preaching, this supernatural joy began to bubble up in my belly. And I thought to myself, "Oh no, this is not good. Pastor's preaching. They're going to carry me out of this service. I've got to control myself." So I'm sitting on the pew. Feeling the laughter, <laughs> and that's immediate. I put my hands over my mouth, trying to control what how y'all have been there. You know exactly what we. The spirit of God starts moving on us in worship, and he, I'm going to be rigid and not move. I will not look foolish. Nobody in here, I know. <laughs> I will not laugh, and that's what I did. I will not laugh. Well, that didn't work too well. The joy of the Lord started bubbling up and it was uncontrollable. I couldn't contain it if I wanted to. I ended up on the floor, rolling on the floor, laughing hysterically. Up under the pew, I was a mess for the next two months. I lived spiritually intoxicated for the next two months. I couldn't go anywhere. Everywhere we went, I was a mess. I, public, public places were not good for me, and uh, it just it was not happening. And I re- We went out Heather's birthday one night. We went out and uh, we're gonna go love on the homeless for a birthday. And we were out in Jackson Square. And if you've ever been to Jackson Square, that's where all of the fortune tellers and all the seances, all those things happen, beautiful area, but it's that's where it's all there. And so we're gonna go out and love on the people, and we're there, and all of a sudden we walk in as soon as we walk in Jackson Square, ha 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 ha. And this supernatural joy begins to flow out of me. And the next thing I know, I cannot stand. We are in the middle and being Falling on the ground in Jackson Square is not what you want to do, um, but that's basically where I ended up, and uh, it, was, it was a messy moment, but it was, it was a God moment. It was an incredible moment. With G, I didn't even know. I didn't know what was going on around me. But the joy of the Lord, the oil of His joy, began to flood my soul in the middle of in the middle of all the demonic, in the middle of all of the craziness. Oh, the joy, the joy of the Lord, began to flood my soul, and. Uh, yeah, it was a good outreach opportunity, because everybody around thought I was drunk and wanted to take pictures. And so everybody starts coming with their phones, trying to take pictures, and the team of people that are there are ministering to everybody that came up watching the site. Isn't that isn't that what happened on the day of Pentecost, that, that there was a scene? Jesus created a Holy Ghost messy scene in the middle of the temple, and people come, well, we hear them worshiping the Lord in our own. What's this? What meaneth this? And Peter stands up with the 11 and says, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit. That is supernatural joy. Supernatural joy. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 46, now, now, now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road. Yeah, it's the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And when he heard that he, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Oh, I love this. <laughs> as, as blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the road, here's blind Bartimaeus doing what he does best. He's sitting there begging by the roadside. <laughs> and in comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. And he begins to hear the crowd. He begins to hear the Emotion, and he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he begins to cry out. And that's what faith does, my friend. When the faith of God begins to arise inside of you and the Spirit of God begins to stir on the inside of you, you begin to hear. You hear things that you wouldn't ordinarily hear. You begin to hear the sound of heaven. Man, this blind man had been sitting there along the roadside for so long. He had gotten accustomed to being cursed out and and told off and all of these things. I don't have any money. I can't help you. But all of a sudden, he hears the sound of heaven Jesus of Nazareth is coming by Jesus is walking by this blind man and they go over to him and say hey man you need to be quiet you need to be quiet don't, don't, don't let out a scream you shouldn't be talking you shouldn't be responsive to the presence of God in church <laughs> you shouldn't rejoice you shouldn't find yourself happy when Jesus comes to town you need to sh- keep it down and the Bible says that he began to cry out all the more He cried out, that word cry out is the word croak in the Greek. He began to croak and squawk out as a bird. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Jesus, son of David, he began to croak and cry out, Jesus, have mercy on me. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay to be passionate. When Jesus comes to down, it's okay to let your, let your praise be heard. Let your, let your desperation. Some of you this morning, you need to allow your, your desperation to drive you to his presence. Let your depression become your praise. Stop letting it be your pity. Let your situation not drive you to the pity party of depression, but let it drive you to a place of praise and adoration. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They warned him to be quiet. He cries out all the more. Don't settle for what other people tell you about your life. <clears throat> everybody's always going to have something negative to say somebody's always going to try to shut you up and shut you down but when you get a glimpse by faith of Jesus and his work and his miracle power at work in your life you can't help but respond you begin to shut out all the negativity you begin to shut out the naysayers and say i don't know you you can keep your mess and your problems but as for me i'm pressing into him i'm pressing into jesus leave me alone i'm pressing into his presence you may think i'm whack and that's That's okay, I'm blind, but I see better than you do, buddy. I see something that you don't see. This is the miracle worker coming my way. This is my Jesus coming my way, and I've got to get his attention. You know, he had Jesus' attention before Jesus ever called him out. Jesus knew that blind man was sitting there the whole time. Jesus knew that Bartimaeus was there and had a need the whole time. Jesus is passing by this moment. He knows you have a need in your life. He knows what you're facing in your life and in your family and your situation. He's just waiting for you to cry out, Jesus, Son of David. He's just waiting for you, the Bible says, to make your request known. He's waiting for you to just cry out to him this morning. Jesus, have mercy And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. Jesus is calling you. That's funny. The same people that wanted to shut him up are saying, Okay, you can come now. And throwing aside his garment. He had on on a, a garment of... Of a beggar's garment, he had on the 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 sick man's garment. But as he got up to go to Jesus, see this act of faith. When you begin, when you begin to see Jesus for who He is, when you when you begin to get a reality check in your spirit of of the reality of God and the glory of God, you realize I may still be blind, but I'm on the way to the One who heals. I'm getting rid of this beggar's coat. I'm getting rid of, of what who I was. I'm taking off the old man and I'm putting on the new. I'm being renewed and refreshed by this garment of Christ. I'm putting on the garment of Christ this morning. I'm putting on the garment. I'm taking off the old garment. I'm getting rid of my depression. I'm getting rid of my blindness and my beggar. Man, that the, Ugh, the beggar, this beggar mentality of everybody. everybody owes me something, this right of entitlement, sit, sitting by the road. you owe me your money. I, I'm so depressed, I'm so discouraged. Everybody owes me. She said this. He said that, that pastor did that and hurt me. and that. get rid of the beggar's garment, get rid of the entitlement coat and begin to put on the glory of God. Begin to put on the garment of Christ in your life. You begin to respond. You begin to respond to his presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And again, Jesus is looking for his response. He could have said anything. He could have asked Jesus for anything. He said, I want to see. I want to receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Go. Go on. Go your way. You're healed. It's done. But No, no, no. That's not what the blind man did. That's not what Bartimaeus did. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. When you have a life changing, you take off that old coat, that old beggar's garment... And you begin to put on the oil of joy. You don't want anything That's but right. Jesus. You, can't, you don't want to follow the ways of the world. You, want, you don't want to stay. And man, why, why, why do Heather and I talk about pressing in? Why do we preach pressing in? Why do we always say pray in the spirit and stir yourself up and get in the presence of God and go deeper and all these things? Because I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I've tasted of something too rich, too real, too personal. I can't go back. I don't want to go back to the dry Christianity. I don't want to go. You can can have your dry Christianity. You can come to church and check your list off and do the motions. Have fun. Knock yourself out. But I don't want that. I want the presence of God in my life. I want the tangible oil of joy in my life. I've got to have the Holy Spirit in my life. I've got to have fresh oil every day. Every day it 's not enough just to come to church and have somebody dab your forehead with a little bit of oil. You need the Holy Ghost for yourself. you need the Holy Spirit he 's a person he 's a person just like Jesus walked by this blind man. the Holy Spirit is the third person of the godhead he 's walking this place today. He wants to touch you he wants to love on you He wants you to remove that blind you sitting here this morning well I, I, don't, I don't understand I mean I'm a pretty good person I, I'm at church I'm, I'm, I'm doing good I'm in church I'm a good person good for you glad you're here this morning pin a rose on your nose we're glad you're here we, we are so glad don't get me wrong we are so glad that you're here we are so glad that you're here oh but there's one who's walking the aisles he wants to change your life. Yeah. It's not just about being a good person. It's not just about having the right beggar's coat on and doing the right thing. The, the beggar was doing what he was supposed to do. He was begging. He was blind and he was begging. He was meeting everybody's expectations. Everybody expected blind Barnabas to do what he was doing. I'm telling you, it's time to break out. Of just meeting everybody's expectations. You've been living controlled. Somebody here this morning is a word for you. You've been living controlled by the expectations of others. And you haven't realized it, but you're wearing the beggar's coat. You've got the wrong garment on this morning. You don't have the wedding garment of Jesus. You've been meeting the religious expectations of everybody else. You've gone through the motions. You may have even come to an altar and prayed a prayer. You may have lifted your hands in service and worship, but you're still wearing the wrong garment. You have to put on the garment of Christ. You have to begin to have the oil of joy affect your life. You have to begin to put on the wedding garments this morning. And then lastly, he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 14. I love the story of Jehoshaphat. Man, <laughs> well, let's just read it. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Je-, all these wonderful people. God bless them for their lineage. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord Someone, you, someone here this morning needs to underline, mark, highlight, get this word in your spirit. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Amen. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them, they will surely come up. <laughs> That's a great word of encouragement. The, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. They're coming. <laughs> Sorry, God's not going to wipe them out before you get there. You know, it, it, they're coming. They're you know, <laughs> you know, you, you got to laugh sometimes at the humor of God in these situations because you would think God could just say one word and they wouldn't even have to deal with them. But the the importance here is not on the battle; it's on their response. The importance in your life is not the situation or the circumstance. It's your response. God's after your heart. Tomorrow go down. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position. You need to underline that word. Position yourself. Your praise positions you for victory. When you begin to position yourself in a place of praise, it's no longer about your strength or your abilities. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God that works So you. don't. When you begin to position yourself and you understand your position and who you are in Christ, God, I worship you. We'll see in a moment. God, I worship you. In the beauty of your holiness, you have positioned yourself in a place of praise where the enemy can't even begin to touch you, can't even begin to affect your life why cuz you're positioned in the presence of God. Well that's the situation is still happening. Yeah, but the enemy is not affecting your response anymore because you're you're positioned in a place of praise. Well, hell is still going on around me. Yep, that might be. But you are positioned in a place of praise where your response is, God, whether whether fire water, whatever the situation may be, the enemy comes against me. Though some trust in chariots, I'm trusting in the Lord my God. I am positioning myself in a place of praise. He says, position yourself, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Stand still and see. I'll get there. This is, that's a powerful statement. Oh, Jude and Jerusalem, do not fear, or be dismayed, tomorrow go out against them, for your Lord for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Korites of the children of the blah, 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 stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Their worship began before the battlefield ever came. Your worship has to be Begin before the battle ever comes. When you position yourself in worship, God, I take off the spirit of heaviness. I put on the garment of praise. I'm worshiping you. Whether it's victory or the battle is imminent, it doesn't matter. I'm positioning myself in a place of praise and worship. And. Verse 20 says, So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. That's a great word. Don't have time to go there. But believe, believe the Lord and you'll be established. Believe his prophets, you'll prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. Sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of his holiness. It's funny. Sometimes we think we have to come up with these elaborate songs and worship. And we have to do these great. And their, their song was very simple. Praising the beauty of his holiness is so simple. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. All you might be able to muster up in the middle of your mess is Jesus your mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. That might be all you're able to muster, but just begin to utter out worship to your God. Just begin to put on the guard. Praise the Lord. Why don't we say that this morning? Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Let's say it. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Again, praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. And you just begin to allow that word so simple. Allow it to stir and your spirit man begin to put on the garment of praise this morning now they began to sing to praise and the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come out against Judah and they were defeated for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir they helped destroy one another they not only killed the enemy they killed each other Wow. So when Judah came to a place, now, they're just busy worshiping the Lord. They're positioned in praise. Praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. And they're walking out to the battlefield. Praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. Walking out to the battlefield. And get out to the battlefield. And lo and behold, they're all dead. I don't know about you, but if if I'm facing discouragement, distraction, despair, all these things, life, illness, whatever's going on, I don't have time to figure out the solution. I don't have time to worry and be anxious and fearful about life and all those things. I just want to enjoy his presence. I don't have time. I don't have time to get weighed down by anxiety. I don't have time to figure out the world's problems and their solutions. I don't have, you know, some people feel like it's their calling to figure out the world's problems and the solution to everybody's problem. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy positioning myself in a p- place of praise. <laughs> I'm too bu- it takes a lot of energy to praise. It takes, it takes my utter focus. It takes my utter focus to get, get my focus off of that and onto him. And I've got to use everything. I've, I don't know about you. Maybe this is just me. I've got to use every ounce of spiritual tenacity in my body to keep my focus on him. I don't have time to worry about figuring out the world's solutions. I don't have time to figure out how God needs to work out the miracle for this problem. my God, excuse me. You need to do this this way and handle the situation this way and we'll be good. No, that's not what they did. Just praise. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. And you may not feel it at first, and the only thing that you remember is the prophet saying they're coming. And that may be rambling around somewhere in the back. of you. Maybe you've been there. All you hear is the last report you heard about that situation. And all you can think about is the negative. But the longer you stay and position yourself and praise the Lord, his mercy endure. eventually you start praying through. You start praising through. You start worshiping through that negative and that issue. And all of a sudden, you begin to behold the glory of God. All of a sudden, it's no longer the mess or the situation or the battle that's soon facing. Praise the Lord, his mercy endures. For you've put on the garment of praise and taken off that spirit of heaviness. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself at the battlefield and the enemy's already dead. Not only was the enemy dead, it took them three days to carry off all the spoil. <laughs> Not only not only will God take care of you, not only will God bring the victory in your life, not only positioning yourself in praise keeps you in this place of security and safety with Him, but He'll bless you all the more. He'll, he'll take care of you. He will prosper you. He will preserve you in the middle of it. Yeah. And I love verse 30. Verse 30 of 2 Chronicles 20 says, Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, For as God gave him rest all around. Praise, positioning yourself in praise brings you to a place of rest. No longer do you strive. No longer are you trying to figure out the solution. You're resting in him. You're able to find a place of safety and security in his arms. You've entered in, as David said in Psalms, to the secret place. Of the most high. You're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. You're in in the covering of his wing. You're no longer distracted by the things taking place around you. Well, Pastor, that's a great word that you know, but that's just not reality. The only reason it's not reality is because you're not positioning yourself. It's not my fault you ain't positioning yourself. Y'all love me. You can run, but you can't hide. The Holy Ghost is going to find you, I promise. (laughs) you may get mad at me this morning and I may be challenging you, but I promise you the Holy Spirit is after you. He loves you. You don't have to continue on in this place of despair and discouragement. The the black cloud following you everywhere you go. You just don't understand what I'm facing. You're right, I don't understand. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know all the gory details and I don't know everything that's going on. But I know this. He came to comfort those who mourn in Zion. He came to give you. Jesus died on a cross so that you could put on the garment of praise, that you could have beauty instead of ashes, so that you can have the oil of joy. And you want to live in your ugliness? <laughs> you want to stay in the ashes? You want to stay in the mourning? You want to stay in the heaviness? No, thank you. I want to find myself in a place of joy, in a place of praise. I want to find myself adorned with the victor's crown. I don't want to stay in the mess. So I don't know about you, but this morning, I'm finding myself, positioning myself in a place of praise. I'm finding myself, whether I got to hop... <coughs> to get there I'll hop to get there and get the grave clothes off my face if that means I Jesus son of David have mercy Jesus I'll croak all the louder if that means that, that I just I just need Jesus